Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. Today, a little somber bush. We'll talk a little bit about it, um, but we've all heard Alan Jackson aptly sing, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning That September Day? And now we look back 20 years since the terrible event happened, and we're all posting the hashtag, Never Forget, which is very honorable, but I think that we may have. I think we really have forgotten a little bit. It may not have been year one, but somewhere along the way since that day, we have forgotten what brought us together that day. We had forgotten what brought us together and subsequent days after that, right? So I remember a story. So this is, this is 10 years ago on the 10th anniversary with my then 11-year-old son at the time. And we were talking about 9-11 as he was born in 2000. So obviously he hadn't remembered uh, September 11th of 2001 at that time. And we were talking about it, um, and this was after baseball. We talked about all the first responders who helped get people out of the buildings. So he says, if I was there, I would have run into the buildings and try to get them all out. Now, obviously that did happen, right? It was unselfish acts things that we all don't do enough of. We're all guilty of this, right? We are guilty of the fact that we don't necessarily, uh, you know, have that. We don't, we don't do the things that we, we need to do. So my friend Mike Haggerty, who has been on the show before, he posted something along those lines today, and I thought it was pretty apropos to what we were kind of talking about today. Um, you know, as important as it is to remember 9-11, what I'm thinking about as much, and Mike says, is 9-12. As so often happens, tragedy brings people together, and sadly, we no longer have that sense of unity. So I think he's right. I think what happens is we should always remember 9-11, but 9-12 is just as important to remember all of that. You know, the sense of shared purpose for the greater good, he says, will be a long time before we ever get that back. If at all, it's just a thought. Now, it is a good thought. While we look back at the tragedy on that September day 20 years ago, let's look back and see how we all pull together to help each other. And in 2021, stop with the me versus them mentality. And like we were with the We Are the World song, right, from 1985, come together as one. Let's never forget 9-12 as much as 9-11. Use this day and as many others as well. Use it. You know, give the perspective. So here's the thing. It's on days like today that give you perspective that it can all be taken away in a second. Thank you to all the brave men and women who helped to keep us safe from those moments ever happening again. To the families who lost people on that tragic day 20 years ago, thoughts and prayers are with all of you. And with that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. He is a top-notch marketing executive, radio professional, <laughs> who is making his second appearance on Lens Burning Bush, last heard on September 19th, 2020. Go back and listen to that episode about the Jewish New Year we talked about. <laughs> Let's welcome my non-Jewish friend, yes. <laughs> Angelo Fioris. And Angelo, it is so good to uh, see you, talk to you. And I, I know this kind of topic is, is near and dear to your heart because uh, you lived it and you posted something, and we'll get to that in a second, but... Sure. It's, uh, what, what are your thoughts about remembering 9-12 as much as 9-11, right? 
Yeah, uh, Len, especially in those immediate days after what happened on September 11th, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Uh, it was one of those things where you just wanted to do something for somebody every day in those immediate days afterwards. I remember uh, uh, going to my car, which I happened to park in front of the firehouse in Jersey City every day. And on 9-12, walking back to my car and there was a fireman standing out there. I never seen the guy before. And I just looked at him like, hey, man, is there anything at all that I can do? And and he's like, nah. And then we just like hugged each other. It was the most, you know, it was surreal, but it was real. And so that was what it was like. You just wanted to help in some way. And we all bonded together and no one said, hey, you're Republican. I don't want you giving me a free, you know, any help free hand today. No, thanks. Yeah, that what, just didn't happen. What has changed? I mean, you know, 9-11, obviously, terrible event. 9-12, we, we all bound together. I remember there's a couple of events in in my lifetime that I that I remember. Obviously, this is one of them. But one of the things that I remember about George Bush and people say what you want about George Bush. And I'm not getting political here, but there were two moments Nothing. that I remember from his presidency, just two. And one of which was with the bullhorn on the talking at the towers and stuff like that on the on the site. Right. The yep. second one was later on in November when he pitches he does the first pitch could he have not I and mean, he threw a, a strike right there were two yep. items that i felt like we were getting back when those two things like i felt good about it it was kind of like a feel-good story so say what you want democrats republicans that's not what we're here to talk about right but i think we need to forget democrat republican and 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 really just kind of work together to remember that moment when afterwards we had to all come together right absolutely absolutely I, rem I remember coming out coming out of work one morning and just walking down to the water there in jersey city and helping load up barges you know uh of water and supplies for the for the responders and the rescue workers that were still down there and this was on the 14th 15th 16th you know in those ensuing days afterwards and i didn't know any of the people down there loading those barges i just got in line and started helping you know yeah, I mean, it's just such a terrible thing that happened. And and again, we don't want to get too somber. This is a this is a comedy show. <laughs> we we want to, but we have to talk about it because the anger and the burning my bush is the problem with everyone today is all, oh, never forget. But tomorrow, the next day, we do forget. And I think we have to keep remembering what makes us great as a nation, right? What makes us great right. as a country. And that is to be able to work together and if you watch the last you know five seven or even even going back to 2008 to current it has been awful like it, it, it seems like there's more divisiveness now than ever well everyone's too busy trying to point out differences and uh forgetting about the similarities which are much more so existent than differences Len. yeah exactly and i think we yeah. need to remember that so everybody who sits there and goes never forget please you know, take that edict because you are you have forgotten, and that that's yeah. Or how about always yeah. remember instead? Yeah. yeah, always right because I think we pick and choose like oh we're, we're it, it's it's kind of like the everybody's offended or everybody's uh, outraged, right? We we pick the you know oh let's let's get behind something. We want to be the first one to you know be out there with social media and say you know 
always remember and never forget. But in, in, in the same token, the next day we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, right? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. It's kind of that exactly. way. Next well, day you're flipping the, flipping the guy, the bird that just cut you off on the, on the road. Exactly. So much, so much for that, right? So much for togetherness, right? We're, brotherhood. We're, brotherhood. There's no, yeah. There's, <laughs> well, speaking of brotherhood, the NFL began, right? And, and it's, a, it's a marketing machine. It doesn't matter what happens. The NFL just continues to just keep on keeping on, right? That's so, right. So Thursday night football began, right? And you had, of course, Tom Brady at 44 years of age looking younger than you and I. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and he gets younger every year, which is kind of amazing. At 44, he's doing things that quite amazing, right? It, it, Even it, he says he's doing things that he couldn't do at 24. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, it must be the avocado ice cream, I'm sure. Has to be. Has to be the avocado ice cream. But the ratings were through the roof, apparently, for football, because everybody loves football. I talked about this on an episode a couple of weeks ago where I like, can we just watch baseball for a change? Like, everybody always says how baseball is so boring, but everybody just can't wait for football. When, when in reality, it's 11 minutes of actual action in an entire three-hour <laughs> game. But that's another story uh, that, right. I had, that I had brought up. But the ratings... So um, apparently jumped 20% off of last year. So 21.6 million across all platforms. The best opener since 2015 went 27.4 million uh, people watched. So again, a good uh, start to the season for the NFL. Tom Brady, of course, throws four touchdowns and he wins. And it's just kind of interesting how he continues to, to get better. It's pretty amazing, especially when you consider just not that long ago where once a player hit, you know, a quarterback, especially did, just did not play into his into his late 30s. Uh, you know, Johnny Unitas, there's a clip of him at 40 years old stumbling around and not even able to uh, stay on his feet. And Tom Brady is, uh, you know, winning multiple Super Bowls over the age of 40. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything just seems, you know, you got the young guys, Mahomes, and everybody's, you know, it's just amazing, right? And yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how that 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 works. But speaking of football, too, I mean, the money is there, right? I mean, they've got so much money. It's like it, you know, the brand of the NFL is untouched, right? Billions and billions and billions of dollars. They added another game but now. I mean, yeah. I don't like the 17 game. I, I, I'm, I'm the one, you know, get off my lawn. But, I, I, you know, we, we had 14 as a kid. Then they moved to 16. And now we're at 17. I don't think the players or anybody wants 17 games. Well, they're going to get 18 soon enough. So they shouldn't get too used to 17. You know that that's where this thing is headed. It's just an incremental bump uh, along the way. And it won't take that long, I don't think. Within five years, you'll see the 18, 18 game schedule, right? Uh, but it is pretty amazing as far as the amount of money that the NFL is able to generate and command from their partners in the media. I mean, they just re-upped the deal, and it was ridiculous, ridiculous amount of, uh, of dollars. Uh, the DirecTV deal is going to be up pretty soon, and Sunday Ticket is going to be in the mix for bidding. And we'll just see how much someone is willing to pony up for that now, too. So the rich are going to keep getting richer. You're going to see more and more dollars being thrown around at players. Uh, and uh, and the owners are going to be, um, you know, the values of their teams are going to skyrocket. Well, it's fortuitous that you brought that up because my next story was getting right into that, where I don't know if you saw, but T.J. Watt is now a very rich man. Uh, he just signed a big deal, a four-year extension worth Angelo Fioris money, 
$112 million. Wow. With a guarantee of $35 million signing bonus. Um, with, no, excuse me, with a $35 million signing bonus and $80 million guaranteed for defensive linemen. That's pretty good. Wow. For a lineman. You know, it's, it's amazing. Wow. When you, wow. When you consider um, with that kind of money, you could have bought the entire league in 1970. Oh, I know. I mean, that, yeah. it's just amazing how much money there is. When they say it's not about the money, Angelo, it's about the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one plays the games for free. No, and you, you, you can't, right? I mean, you got to get paid, right? There, it's a dangerous, dangerous sport. But I look at it, you know, I, I, I broadcast high school football games on the weekends, right? On Friday nights, yeah. Friday night lights. It's the best thing in the world. I, I, I love Friday night football. I love it. But it has ruined me for Sunday. And the reason being is because the kids play for the love of playing football and you, and you don't see as much of the the nonsense that goes on on a Sunday football game, right? In the NFL, it's just right. I just I love it. It's a pure game, but it has really ruined me from watching Sunday football. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I think maybe it's a little bit of overkill too, because football is on almost every day now in some form or other on TV. Uh, maybe with the exception of like a Tuesday night, um, whether it's a big time college game or um, or a pro game scattered throughout the uh, the weekday schedule. Too, well, so. that, you brought up a very good point. Now, I was doing uh, a fantasy football draft, which I got back into. I'm not really – to be honest with you, um, the fantasy stuff is all – I've been doing it since like 1993, so it gets a little bit much, and I have other things i got to be doing. But I did partake in a draft that was in person, which was kind of nice to actually do a draft cool. in person. And I look up at the TV. It's Monday night. It's Labor Day. And Louisville is playing football on Monday yeah. night, Labor Day. What in the world is a college game doing on? College should be on, like, high school football should be Friday night. College football should be Saturday, and the NFL should be Sunday and Monday. Forget this Thursday nonsense and all this other garbage. <laughs> I mean, every, uh, every night, it's like it's not special anymore. It used to be special but a Thursday night game, they're playing just for the sake of money, right? We know that. It's not for the safety of the players because otherwise they wouldn't do it. Six days right. or you know, a few days after, you know, they have it. But I don't, I don't like seeing – I mean, everybody has a different view on that. Like, they see a Tuesday night game, Coastal Carolina's on. I think the gamblers like that. But It's I don't a wagering know, yeah, opportunity. Yeah, gamblers, Absolutely yeah. is what it is. Yeah, because you go to Vegas, and that's what I'm going soon. And, I'm, you know, we're going nice. to bet on that Coastal Carolina game, I'm sure. You have to. Because um, you're just there, right? You have to watch. If you're going to watch something, you might as well have a little action on it or something. For sure. A reason to For watch. Sure. But otherwise, why are you watching Coastal Carolina? And they don't even have, like, good games on a Wednesday night or, you know, whatever it is, Tuesday night, like you talked about. It's just ESPN putting another game on that could be just as, you know, Bishop Sycamore versus IMG Academy. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> yes, we watch. It's like, if you build it, they will come. If you put it on television, it's like people will watch. I don't, I don't understand. Well, that. you know, for us, it's a little different Len, because our perspective comes from sort of from the other side of the, of the, of the microphone. Right. And uh, understanding first and foremost, that it's really all about just providing content to give the advertisers the environment they need to project their message to the right audience. That's what it's about today. So yeah. it's not really about, hey, let's put on a game. It's all about let's sell some space, grab some eyeballs, and leverage those eyeballs into dollars. So that's the formula now. I'll tell you, I couldn't have 
you couldn't have teed this up any better. You just keep, you know, it's like the softball throws that you keep doing. And, and we go from the money to things that should not be redone. And one thing that should have not have been redone is Fantasy Island. I don't know if you've even I, – I have not watched it, so I can't tell you. But when you have an iconic, you know, the plane boss, the plane, you know, welcome to Fantasy Island, Ricardo yes, Montalban, right? So I don't even know who's hosting, and I'm not even getting into that. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because apparently Melrose Place cast is coming on Fantasy Island. Daphne Zaninga, uh, Jody Bissett, Laura Lighton are bringing Melrose Place to Fantasy Island. You know it has officially jumped the shark when we're bringing Melrose Place to Fantasy Island. What's the matter? The cast of Happy Days wasn't available? <laughs> Apparently. Well, unfortunately, we lost the great Aaron Moran. But yes. Right. And, of course, Tom Bosley. And, you know, Tonight on a special Fantasy Island, yeah. Fonz looks for love. <laughs> looks for, well, looking for love on Fantasy Island. Welcome. What's that, boss? That is the Fonz statue. <laughs> It is just crazy, but Melrose Place coming on Fantasy Island just shows you we have no ideas anymore. We have, we cannot. Everything's a reboot now, right? We're doing yeah. the reboots. We cannot. You know, no one seems to come up with original content. I will tell you that some of the reboots are actually not bad because you do like to find out what the character is. But I, I give Jerry Seinfeld a lot of credit because he has been. They've been offering up boatloads of money to redo Seinfeld or reboot it rather. Right. And and he has said, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I mean, he did a little funny one. If you remember Curb Your Enthusiasm a few years ago, they had like a they were doing a reboot on Curb, and they had right. It, it, it was actually brilliant. I thought it, it was, was funny. It was very funny, and that's all you need, right? I mean, it's nice to keep up with your people. I mean, I I I did watch the Fuller House. I I gotta admit, I didn't. Did you? I thought that was okay. Um, I think that uh, you know now they got the Punky Brewster one and they they've got really? yeah there's Punky Brewster is uh, how's know. her uh, with a new cast though I mean obviously well, right uh, well they she's didn't dig up at, George Gaines no. <laughs> no 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 they're not digging anybody up but they they just you know as as an adult right you know you're in your 30s or 40s or whatever it is and you're watching it it's just kind of but like Mad About You came back on a reboot that was it just you terrible. look at Paul that was Re terrible when it was Mad it, About yeah, You well, then Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt, I mean they I like Paul Reiser on he he's on he was on a show um, with uh, Michael Douglas just recently. Um, the uh, it's a it's a it's a, on um, Netflix. Uh, I, I can't think of it. It was with Alan Arkin. It's the uh, Kaminsky effect. Kaminsky effect. He's brilliant in that. But Man About You, no. I mean, it just it 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 was one of those things where it was jumping the shark at the end of the run anyway. Right. And, of course, for those of you that don't know, Jumping the Shark is basically – I had Tim Tyrell on. He wrote a book about this. But he basically Jumping the Shark is the Fonzie episode where he actually goes and jumps a shark um, in the water, right? Do you remember that episode of Happy yeah, Days? Yeah, of course, about? Okay. of course. That is – and basically that's just what it is. It's like once the episode – once everything starts going downhill, they bring a baby on. They bring whatever, uh, you know, Ricky from – you know, they bring on the Partridge family. It just there's things that just happen in television shows that just bring it all the way down. Yeah, I think Tim's book was called The Oliver Effect. Yeah, The Oliver. Right. Effect. Yeah. Cousin Oliver. Yeah. Cousin Oliver of the Brady Bunch. And that was it. Yeah, and it was, yeah, he yeah, talked yeah. about that back in January. So go go listen to that episode as well, because that it's was good another one. another good episode. A lot of good a lot of good content. But yeah, Melrose Place on Fantasy Island. Not a good thing. So speaking of reboots. 
So you and I are close in age, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah we're pretty close. And um, you watched the original uh, ha- Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis back in 1978. Did you ever? Oh, yeah, watch? of course. Okay. Yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, it was Jamie Lee Curtis's first real real role before she went to Trading Places and other yeah, other yeah, movies yeah. that was uh, a little bit uh, risque. Let's and the, say. Great, the great Donald Pleasance as yes. well in that movie. He was fantastic yes. in those movies. Agreed. Yes. Well, apparently there is going to be, if you're waiting long enough, there's going to be another movie. It's going to be called Halloween Kills. It's on October 15th with Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's going to be in it. Now, get this. You can watch it yeah. if you subscribe to Peacock uh, Premium, <laughs> right? Peacock Premium, yeah. you can watch it for free, but otherwise you got to sign up uh, for Peacock Premium. It is $4.99 a month with ad-supported membership. Or nine ninety nine without ads. Now, I mean, I'm not a. I, I want to say I'm pretty frugal, right? I'm not cheap. I'm pretty frugal, right? Right. Why am I spending nine ninety nine a month for Peacock? What am I actually going to watch on that other than this Halloween movie? Um, there's other hooks. For example, uh, Premier League Soccer is on there. That's NBC's streaming thing. Um, Olympics was available there. You know, you'd really want to watch NBC stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to want to watch Peacock uh, and to pay the eight ninety nine a month or whatever it is. Well, I love uh, you know as as we uh, you know people say they like to cut the cord, right? Cut the cord. No more cable. No more this. All right, then you pay to play, right? And you're sitting there, you're looking at the amount of money you're actually spending. Yeah, which winds up being more than you spent before. It's the cord cutting sandwich. If you piled up one on top of the other, all of your streaming services, you're coming close to what you were paying for cable. Exactly. It just is that way that it works out. Um, and it's funny that you brought that up because just last night we had to deal with our um, free one year subscription of Disney was about to expire, which we had gotten when we switched the uh, TV services. Right. Yeah. And so we were on the phone with them. This happened just last night. It's funny that you brought it up. And they said, well, you can bundle Disney now with Hulu and ESPN Plus. And you can get it from us for $7.99, or you can go get that same bundle externally for like $12.99. And I already had ESPN Plus for like six bucks a month. So it was actually kind of a no-brainer to cancel one and sign up the other to get three services for one. So that's what we ended up doing. But I still increased my monthly outlay by a couple of bucks of either way. So we're all we're all suckers for this in some form or other. And I've got the full cable subscription. It's not like I'm scrimping on any of the channels there either. No, I I, I decide because what the problem I have with all of these services, okay? Everybody thinks they want to sign up for this, uh, you know, for YouTube TV or you know all this other stuff. You know, the problem I have with internet-based programming is that when you have no power or no no internet, let's say if the internet goes down, you have no TV. And I'm still not ready to have that. I want to have either. Obviously, you can have some rabbit ears, right? We could do the old old school. But you I can always like, have that no matter right. what. Yeah. So I have Dish Network. And I, and I know not as popular as DirecTV. I had DirecTV. It's just the prices just keep going up. So I got Dish Network for two years, which I got a nice rate, came with Showtime and whatever. And, you know, like you said, you get the channels and do it. But, of course, right. I have. I stream HBO uh, Max and I've got other stuff that I pay for like Disney. I got the Hulu. I I got screwed. I got I think it's 13.99 or 12.99 that I pay Sorry. for that. Yeah, I'm screwed on that. And I think I still pay for CBS cuz I was watching Blue Bloods. 
I was streaming it and I got rid of the ads because I couldn't stand it anymore. Uh, but it's <laughs> like, and I got Netflix, but I have Netflix free through T-Mobile. So it's like you add it all together and the amount of money we're spending, we could feed a third world country for the amount of money we're spending on television. It, it really is the truth. And it's funny you brought that up because we also have the free Netflix from T-Mobile. And yeah. now T-Mobile just gave us Apple TV for free. So now we have that. Yeah, I, you know, Apple TV, it's like uh, another one. Uh, I signed up for it. I had it free for a year. I don't think I ever turned it on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty crazy, the massive amounts of things we uh, load ourselves up with and then don't use all that much either. No, that's the thing. It's like, you, it's like that boat that you just bought. You know, you, you, well, you, the, the favorite days of a boat owner are the day you buy it and the day you sell it because you wind <laughs> up, you know, throwing, tw- you know, might as well, you know, burn hundred dollar bills in the driveway. But the idea, the premise is that you're going to go out and you're going to go out there and just, you know, love it and do it. And you do it a couple of times. It's like kind of like my hot tub. It sits here and nobody gets in it. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there putting chemicals in it. And it's like, is anybody <laughs> going to get in this damn thing? You know, right. and that's the kind of thing it is. It's like you bought, you think you're going to use something. You get so excited. It's like uh, everybody's uh, dusting off as we speak. They're dusting off their Peloton that they haven't used since January. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they spent two thousand dollars on the Peloton. Although now, if you act now, you could get it for fourteen ninety nine. I think so. Oh, they're, they're, they're really they're really skimping now on the Peloton. But yeah, is it true though? we we all think it's like the gym membership all over again. You join in January. You think you're going to, you know, have that New Year's resolution and you wind up, uh, you know, by by January 16th, you're like, ah, you know what? I, this was not a good idea. And you can never get your 10 bucks a month back. So you're paying. That's another 10 bucks a month. It's just like, oh, we just donate that money because we never get it back. You know, I'm laughing because I was a personal trainer for about three, four years. And it was one of our running jokes, which was as January approached, well, the gym's going to get filled up. And then by Valentine's Day, it's going to be back to the same dedicated people again. And that's typically the flow and what happens. And it's sad because people are, you know, people know they need the help and they need to get their butts in there and they pony up the money, like you said. And then uh, what happens is after those first couple months, it kind of wanes off, you know, life takes over again. And, and many people won't cut the membership because they'll keep paying as like a motivation to get back in. Yeah. Right. Like, well, I'm not going to cut it. I'll keep paying and it'll make me get back in there. And it, it almost never works out that way. That's why you're better off not doing it. I mean, I hate New Year's resolutions. That's, I did an episode on that. I mean, I just, I think it's <laughs> silly. Every year we, we do this to ourselves. We, we, we say we're going to do this. We're going to eat, you know, healthy. Everybody gets on the keto diet and they're going to, you know, do this. And, and, and then they wind up. So I, every person that I've ever known that has gone on these diets loses mm-hmm. weight. There's no question yeah. that you lose weight. But it's the year later when you see them that they've gained all the weight back. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of the interesting thing because you can't keep that kind of eating all the time like you it's you not have those diets food. aren't sustainable no, right nothing is but it, it's like that's what they tell you you know you see rob Lowe now with the atkins right stuff and he's sitting there with the brownies he's not eating that stuff i mean come right. on rob Lowe. you know he's right. uh, you know i saw about last night the other day it was on it was kind of we were talking about yeah. that movie last week yeah that's funny you brought that up yeah it's uh <laughs> A, a interesting movie. Demi Moore looks great in that movie. She's uh, she still looks great. I mean, Demi Moore is uh, is is fantastic even now. I don't know if you saw like about uh, five years ago they had the Bruce Willis roast and she came on. I, I watched that. Yeah, one, that was yeah. pre- that was pretty funny on Comedy Central. It's just amazing. Well, you know, we go from dieting to dating, and the reason I want to bring the dating app, but because 
people go Are you on asking the, me out? Yeah, I'm asking you out because you and I, you know, it, let's be honest, Ange, you know, we'd have a good time together and, and you know, we'd, we'd have as much of the other stuff as we would have now. But anyway, um, interestingly enough, there's dating apps out there like Tinder and other things that you can get on and people do yeah. get on this these dating apps. So, so apparently there is a, a you know how um, famously on the, on the show Friends, they had, I was on a break, right? And Ross wrote the 17-page letter about that he was on a break, right? That we were on a break, right? Well, apparently there's a Annie Wright, uh, and she's 21, God bless her. You know, I have, t- uh-huh. I have T-shirts older than her. Um, but she drafted a 17-page relationship con- con- contract after her now boyfriend for only two weeks. Uh, so she wanted to make sure she had some rules in place, which is interesting to start a dating, uh, you know, start dating with somebody and have a contract, right? So she, um, you know, she outlined all of her expectations about the relationship, which is kind of interesting, right? Which she asked uh, for no silent treatment, to pay for date nights, and not to isolate her from her loved ones. So these are the things that, uh, that uh, his name is Michael Head. He's 23. He's the, uh, the date, right? The person that's <laughs> dating this woman. I would run. I don't know, Angela. To- I, I, I would <laughs> run so fast. You read, you read my mind. My exact comment was going to be, I hope he's lacing up his sneakers. Yeah. Because that's out of control insane. Although the things, those first three things you said she's asking for are not necessarily um, unreasonable. No. Right. They're- uh, however, I don't need to, you know, you're not you're not slap slapping a piece of paper under my nose and telling me to sign this and, and it, adhere to your rules. See ya. Yeah. Well, the couple met last October um, on Tinder after Wright had left a toxic relationship and she was determined to make this relationship work more toxic. Uh, yeah, more toxic. Exactly. <laughs> she, she outlined all of it. So additionally, she asked for a romantic gesture once every two weeks. And to work out at least five times a week, we treat our relationship almost like a business interaction. Oh, you fault. Well, she's I, a load of fun, huh? Yeah, she's just, at 21, she's just, now my son is 21. Wow. And, and he is dating somebody, and she's wonderful. Um, but I, I almost think that she's actually better than my son, but I won't tell, <laughs> tell no. him that. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, interesting how a 21-year-old will go on Tinder. Why are you going on Tinder at 21? Anyway. Well, it's a place to get laid. Okay. Okay. We can live with that. But yeah. it's just, I just don't understand nowadays with the dating and stuff. I Thank goodness. I, I, I don't think I can get into that. Uh, you know, do you ever see classically the movie Harry Met Sally in the yeah. one scene when they finally, um, Harry and Sally finally get together and they call, you know, the two friends and they're sitting there and they answer the phones and finally they lay back down in bed and they say, don't ever let me get back out there again. And that was right, in 1989, right, right. and right. it's still not any better than it was in 1989. Matter of fact, I think it's worse. I think it's worse now with these dating apps and these crazy people and the ghosting. And, you know, people don't ever want to give you their honest uh, opinions, and they just kind of ghost you, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I will say I did meet my girlfriend on a dating app on OkCupid. Oh, uh, oh very eight years ago, seven years ago, almost. Yeah, seven. Okay. Seven years ago. And, so... And- uh, yeah, going strong. Well, good for you. And my uh, actually, yeah. my uh, sister-in-law, um, after she had gotten divorced, she went on one of the apps, and she met yeah. uh, a tremendous person, and she's together as well. So dating apps do work, but 
it's kind of interesting how this. Uh, I'm sure she didn't put a 17-page letter together to uh, contract <laughs> no. that says no. hey, because I think you would have run from that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty fast too. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that you, you you used to run a little bit. I I, I get that. So. You know, Angie, we we could do this all day. I, I you know, it's we kind could. of fun. Um, you know, of course, we'll have you back on because sure, this is what we September do. September of uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, we'll just keep it. You know, I, and it's funny. I never planned it that way. That this is this, interesting. People think like I, I'm planning this. You know, this is the seventy fifth episode of Lens Burning Bush. So nice. You know, God help us all, right? God bless us Was all. Was that the, dime, the Diamond Jubilee episode? That's right. That's the uh, the one where I get the extra miles, right, from uh, from Delta. <laughs> right. um, it's 75 episodes of all of this ranting and nonsense. Go back and listen to all 74 episodes. You can like uh, Lens Burning Bush on Facebook, at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. Please follow. I mean, somebody yeah. do something. It's just it's We're on YouTube as well. I can't even, you know, I mean... It's like having a tree falling in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, you know, and, you know, it's just I get like 10 subscribers to YouTube. So can you please go to Len Harvey, search and find Len's Burning Bush. And there's a lot of episodes on there. You could sit there and listen to it. It's an easy listen, right? If you're listening now on some of the apps that we have, we've got, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. You can even ask Alexa to play Len's Burning Bush. So please. You know, do us a favor, share it. Tell me what you think. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a lot to put out this content every week. That's all I got to say. You do a great job. Congrats on 75 shows, man. That's a lot. That is a lot. I have not taken a week off. Uh, not a single one. Not a single. Now, granted, I have been on vacation and I have an episode where I recorded earlier which I don't tell anybody, but I'm just doing it now. That's kind of the, but I, yeah, I, I put episodes like, for instance, I'm going to, uh, to on a trip next week, going to Vegas, going to probably sit at the sports book at Bellagio on a Sunday. Uh, that That's the best experience ever. Um, so much fun. Matter of fact, they actually offer up, and they did before COVID, um, they actually had people that would come around and give you a massage while you're watching football. I, I got to say, living, baby. There, there was, there was, um, there's not much better than that. Drinking. No. Well, so here's a, put it all together. We got drinking, watching football, and getting a massage. Does it? I mean, uh, as a guy, that's probably the the, the top uh, three right there. And then a nap right after. Oh yeah, yeah. I did fall asleep in the chair at some point. So there you go. yes. See? So that's a that's the thing. So uh, that'll be happening. So but there will be an episode. Matter of fact, Susan Aller is coming on. Um, she is on next week. Um, She's awesome too. She, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah. She. You know, and it's funny because she. I think you followed her last time, or she followed you. I don't remember, but we're doing it again. It's the same same rotation, same, huh? Same rotation, and this again is not. And I feel bad. We mentioned Mike Haggerty earlier. Um, he was on, I think, before you guys, and he. I will have him back again as well. I will get Mike to do it. We have some pretty good guests lined up uh, coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks. We have Sarah from the Danny Bonaduce show in the morning in Seattle. She's coming on. She's the co-host ah. of that. Uh, she's coming on on the twenty fifth. I've got um, some shows in October. Tanya Memmi is going to join again. She was on uh, previously in February. She's going to be back uh, again to talk about her new show, and that's on October 2nd. And we just have, you know, one one after the other. It's just people continue to want to come on this, Angie. I don't know why. Well, I'd love to be back again soon, too. Well, there you go, Angie. It's a pleasure. Stay safe, my brother, because, again, we always talk about this, but the world is a much better place with you in it. And, hey, thanks, and my best to your relationship of seven years, and I, I feel for her. 
but you know, Vonda Vonda feels for Vonda, herself too. Believe me. Tell tell, <laughs> tell Vonda to call me because I, I have I'm stories. No, I have stories. We, we get I'm no picnic. <laughs> We're all no picnic. Let's face it. You know, I don't know how women look at us. We're disgusting. I, you know, whatever. They they have it so hard. But uh, but thank you, Angelo Fioris. You're you're a treasure. And uh, thanks for joining. Uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll do it again. I'm Len Harvey. Be back with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.